<laughs> so I wanted to talk to you because uh, one of my friends told me about your videos and I like what you're putting out and I definitely think you have uh, a lot of good things to share with the world and I just want to kind of get your motivations behind why you started your YouTube channel, uh, your whole journey so far and really anything mm. else you want to tell us about your platform or your project that you're building and then we can okay. get into it. Okay, wonderful. Well, first of all, thank you so much for invitation to share. Oh, thank and you. yeah, it's it's great. And it's great what you are doing, just helping people to find, you know, different people, whoever resonates in this journey. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so I've been sharing this message that there is an there is an end to suffering. There is a way out of being miserable and living a miserable life. Um, well, it, it's a very particular message and it's radical. So it's not understandable or um, available for many people. But those who are ready, those who had enough of seeking, they hear it. And the message is that there is no you separate from the whole. Mm-hmm as a manager or controller of life. And I saw that first time in 2010. So it's been 10 years of me sharing this. And it started just with uh, writing a blog, firstly, and then this Liberation Unleashed website and forum was launched in September 2011. And that's where it's all started. Uh, it's amazing that I was able to show people where to look for themselves so that they can see in their own experience that there is no separate self, no separate entity there that we identify with me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that forum started growing because people came to see it. People who saw started showing others. So it's like a community service and it picked up, uh, in all different languages and people come from all different walks of life and they can have a guide free of charge <laughs> and see for themselves what this, what this is all about. Um, my own journey started, I think about 2002 or three with the first try of magic mushrooms. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that was so unbelievable. What I experienced, it just blew my mind. Mm -hmm. Literally blew my mind. The mind went still, quiet, shut up. For the first time in my life, I experienced this sense of being at home, just being completely mm. free of all men mental or any noise. It was just so delicious. I was yes. sitting there for hours in this room and I was like, wow, this, this is what this is what I need to find <laughs> because it must be available without any substances. And it is. It felt so natural. <laughs> mm -hmm. So my journey started from that. I started to look for, for this home. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So that was your first experience with psilocybin mushrooms? Yes. It was my first experience, the strongest one. And since then, I love mushrooms. <laughs> and they it's love hard me. not to. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Mm. So that, so before then, what was your life like? And then after, what? How was? How did you want to change your life? And how did you go about changing it before that catalyst experience? Okay, before that, 
I, w- I was living a normal life, like, you know, ups and downs, love and hate, um, happiness, suffering. And I didn't know that there is other way to see reality. Mm. It was just not available. Um, my life was, was good fun. I mean, I was a tattoo artist and me and my husband, we both were doing tattoos in, in Brighton in England. And it was great, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> expressing artistically, having drinks with clients after, you know, mm-hmm. awesome. But there always was this underlying sense that there is something more. There must be something more to life. Mm. It's not just this up and down, you know, I cry, I laugh, but. What is it? And I had no idea, absolutely no idea. And the first time I, I tried these magic mushrooms and when this mind stopped, then I realized, wow, there is another way to view reality. There is something else mm-hmm. that is hidden. And after that um, experience, well, I felt elevated and, and everything after that experience. But when I landed, I got really angry. Like, how come nobody could show this to me? Mm. You know, how, how come nobody told me this? And <laughs> I'm not kidding. I was like Neo on a computer day and night looking for answers. Like, <laughs> what's going on? What is this reality? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So I spent hours searching for answers. And of course, I didn't find anything there. But I found um, Holosync. Holosync is this. What is it? It used to be. A, I don't know if it's still available but there was like pioneer technology of doing like binaural beats one sound oh. one ear another sound another poof, 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 and your brain is like mm-hmm. <laughs> stretching adjusting that was what i found and i started to play with that that was quite interesting because the first time i tried that cd well they were expensive cds but the first time i tried this i had an experience that my whole body disappeared there was only head i was closed eyes but there was nothing here oh. it was just like wow is this available through sound so i dove into that and i was experimenting with this sound so as a seeker i wasn't really uh, a classical seeker as you wish as you wish i wasn't like going to satsangs i didn't know any gurus i didn't know any teach i didn't even know um that, that there are people that are looking for something and they are seekers. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Well, I heard people go to India, but <laughs> you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's all. Uh, and so my seeking was just experimenting with the sound and like crystals, what else? Tarot cards, <laughs> mm-hmm. all kinds of just like experiences. But, but that, that didn't show me the way out. Mm. That didn't, that didn't bring me home. So to speak. Mm. So I, I, for like maybe eight years, I was seeking, like looking for, for the answers. And as I say, there was this underlying feeling that there's something more, how, how to get there. And that was my struggle. I saw people around suffering a lot and I could not help them. That was my struggle. Mm. But myself, I wasn't, how to say, depressed or, too unhappy. Well, of course, I had days when I would not get out of bed and cry about how shitty life is and how I'm a victim of, you know, circumstances and people. That that was a normal life. Yeah. So, but, th- go mm-hmm. ahead. Sorry, didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> and in 2010, in the in the Easter, a, a miracle happened. 
I got Jed McKenna's books in my hands. Have you heard of Jed McKenna? I have. I just never read anything by Jed McKenna. Okay. So it's a strong books and I read a trilogy in like two weeks and I got hit <laughs> in the head, let's say. <laughs> like my, my castle of bullshit started to shatter. Oh yeah. What was the book? Yeah. Uh, the first one is called Spiritual Enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one, I don't even remember now. It's been a long time. Something about warfare. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so there is this trilogy. And the message in that was this, that no belief is true. And you have to sit down, shut up, and figure it all, everything out by yourself until you know. Mm. So that's what I started doing, and I realized that everything I believed was not true. Hmm. And that was painful time, <laughs> because, of course, we cherish our beliefs, like our life depends on it, and here you go, there was nothing true. No. So it was a blow to my system. To your ego. Mm, yeah. To everything I knew. Everything I knew, I saw that it was just not it. Did you, so, what did you do to dissolve that? Well, as Jed McKenna recommended in his books, he said, you have to write the truth. Just take a lot of paper, take a pen and just write down everything that you feel is true. Mm. It's just kind of getting all your beliefs out in front of you. So that helped a lot, mm-hmm. but it, it was um, messy and painful. I wouldn't oh, yeah. do that again. <laughs> yeah, that's, the process is, that's how it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But on the other yeah. side, there's salvation of that pain. Yes. But with the Jed McKenna's books, I just went that far. That was that was like, no belief is true. But it didn't answer the main question. What's that? What am I? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. To and know it. Not, not like... Uh, to know intellectually is one thing, but just to know it, to recognize it is, is another. So it, those books didn't lead me to that. But um, <laughs> I found this forum that was called Ruthless Truth. It doesn't mm-hmm. exist anymore. But mm-hmm. these guys, they said, well, there is no you. Look. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it was just so simple. There is no you. Look. And that mm-hmm. look. It's like... That was that pierced the bubble because <laughs> I looked. <laughs> and then I thought, oh, my God, there is no Ilana running the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. How it's like I a surrender, right? Yeah. It, yeah. It's just like a let go of control in a way. Yeah. Mm. Well, seeing that there was never control anyway. Mm-hmm. Like there is no Ilana running the show. It was never Ilana running the show. Life was going on as it is going on now. Mm. Things happen, people come, you know, everything is given. <sighs> so that was a huge relief. And wow, what a journey. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nothing as intense as some people tell me, but well, still for me, it was a huge relief. Mm. That I, I kind of I realized that, you know, I don't need to make this Ilona character per- perfect or you know, defend her or make sure she fits the view what other people want her to see, to, mm. to look like and stuff like that. Well, and that was the beginning. That was like a real opening. That was the 
the point of no return that we call now <laughs> gateless gate crash. <laughs> mm. so, yeah. Yeah. And since then, I just felt the urge, they felt the urgency and the need to share this with as many people as I could. Because, well, here you go. That's the, that's the way to freedom. Yes. Right. Yeah. But as they say, it's so radical that not many people hear it. Or if they hear it, they get like very angry or resistance. How, how can you say that? Mm. Like, yeah. Resistance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's fear. It's the ego fearing its own demise. That's right. Mm. How do we go about dissolving the ego? Would you say? Okay. To well, get to that point. Nothing to dissolve there. Just first realize that there is nothing to dissolve. What what's there to dissolve? Mm. What is what is ego? Right? What we used to think the ego is this something that I have, right? That runs the show, that is in control of life. It wants something, it needs to get it. Or it does, if it doesn't get it, it gets upset, gets frustrated and all that. But when you look at the word ego, you see that what we call ego is negative character traits, mm. like selfish character traits. So it's the character traits. They don't run the show. They are the show. It's <laughs> <laughs> yes. showing up. Yeah. It's not like, you know, um, being jealous, for example, is running your life. It mm. shows up in your life. It's not in control. It's something that is being observed. Mm. And if you change word ego with the word character, so it's not so negative anymore. So it includes the positive traits as well. Then you see that there is nothing to get rid of. There's no one there to get rid of, which is different character traits. Right now. Yes. Mm. So what, what is there to kill? <laughs> which character traits <laughs> are alive that can die? <laughs> it's nothing yes. there. So that's kind of what you mean by that there's no belief is true because all of these mm. are just concepts that we're putting on these different aspects of, of our being but ultimately there is no concept that can truly describe the magnitude of what we really are precisely, hmm. precisely. How do and you then go you can about, how do you go about I, don't, the, I feel like the toughest part is how do you touch somebody in that spot in their heart that tells that will, will enable them to come to that realization? Like, is there something that like, what's the formula to get somebody on that wavelength, you know, because it's, it is salvation, but I think it's a, it's not something that can be told. It's not something that can be spoken, but there is power in words and there is power in the symbols that we use the point of direction, but Sure. We have to make sure to use the correct symbols. So is there like a certain formula that you try to use with your words, like a certain direction that you try to point people in? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I would say that. Yes. Um, well, first of all, there needs to be readiness. If somebody comes in the room and I try to explain them, it doesn't work. Somebody needs to come to me and ask. So showing that they are ready to listen and ready to receive the message. Yeah, otherwise, receptive. it's just like, <laughs> goes yeah. over the top. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know what you right. mean. Yes. So when somebody is ready, when they had enough of searching, seeking, and they want to let that go, then they 
<laughs> the formula that I use is this. I say, allow this idea in and just play with it. So there is no separate self. There never was. There is no manager, controller, manipulator of life. Never was. And all there is, there is life flowing freely as everything, as experiences, as colors, sounds, feelings, thoughts. And then I ask them, how do you feel when you let this message in? How does your body react? What are the buts that show up? So it's like a starting point. Mm. That's good. Yeah, what are the buts? Because I guess when you really try to internalize that, you say, but I have X amount of money. But I have X amount of followers. But 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 those things aren't those 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 no substance in that. Right? Those are just mm-hmm. endless buts. <laughs> there can be endless buts in our being. And it seems as though once you come to that realization of the endless amounts of like, oh, what I might be this, um, that's the conclusion of knowing that like there those buts aren't really hold they don't hold anything in what we truly are. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know what you mean on that. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. that would be like a litmus test, <laughs> first test, you know, how do, mm-hmm. how does the body, how do you react to this idea? Mm. And then I have this favorite question that I ask everyone is, what are you looking for? Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting when you ask this question, what are you looking for? How many people they say, I don't know, I'm just looking, there is just looking for something, I don't know what. Mm. That's a very common answer. Or um, other people are looking for end of suffering or freedom. Some very rare look for truth. That's kind of very rare. Um, people are looking for a better life, for happiness. Mm. They sound there all is. the same, though. The, yeah. They're all encompassed the same idea. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I would say so, we're all looking for some kind of liberation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just maybe different words to dress it. And it yeah. sounds maybe different things. But innerly, all we want is this inner peace, inner yes. contentment with mm-hmm. whatever is happening. Yeah. Hmm. But the search gets um, um, misinterpreted as, yes, I know uh, it's about my contentment, but somebody else has it. So we are looking for somebody to tell me what I need to do or how I need to think or how I need to behave so I become liberated. And we kind of put that authority on somebody else, like teachers, gurus, books, retreats, satsangs, you know. They know they have, I don't have. Thereof, I'm seeking to get something from them. Right? But this, this switch is from looking for to looking at. Mm. like we hear oh look inside like what does that mean how do you look inside but you just look at what is here what is arising what is present right here right now and it's not hidden so you need to look for it it's here yeah <laughs> so we can ex- explore what is rather than look for what isn't yeah yeah so it's very like, simple very simple yeah but not for this you know for the yeah. mind not for the mind, but it is simple to just be. We just have to tear down the obstacles of how we've been conditioned because nobody's ever taught us the way since a young age, unless maybe you were born and raised in Tibet or something, but nobody's ever really t- 
taught us in the Western world, at least to, to, to run on that paradigm. So it, it's very difficult. It's simple, but it's difficult to knock down those boundaries that we've built up our entire life into um, that, that, which is our sense of identity, essentially, and to knock down the walls of our identity to show us the true meaning of what we really are. It's a process. It's a, it's a never ending process, it seems. Yeah. But it's possible. Yeah. It's very possible. Mm-hmm. And I think it's and really I- the only thing that's worth um, pursuing in this life, if you want to even use the word pursue. If it's really, it's a very, what's the word I want to use for it? Because it's not pursue. It's not like a mission or anything. It's just, it's just the truth that we all kind of come to on our own accord. And for me personally, it seems like a, a very fruitful uh, journey to to step into the, like the path, as I call it, is mm-hmm. is there's no other path to walk. It's, it's either you're walking off the path or you're walking the path, and the path leads to that sense of liberation, that peace, and that stillness that resides in all of us. And I don't see any other worthy endeavor in my life to, I mean, obviously I have to keep going through the motions of life and, you know, still have to be a human being. But behind all that is that path and that journey that I think we can all walk together and ultimately create a better world from it. Um, It's a very worthy thing to to want to embody, you know, the, the, the sense of, the sense of what we truly are. Mm. It goes beyond words, mm. but it's, it's honorable. You know, it's something that we, I don't think that's what we're here for as like, why we, why did we incarnate here? It's to realize <laughs> what we are. Mm. It's in that it's, there's really no other explanation. And I, I don't think it's like, a, it's like you just wake up one day and like, Oh, I am everything is, you know, isn't this? It's kind of like a, it's a never-ending journey, in my opinion. Like it's, I'm going to be on this process of figuring out what I am until I leave this meat suit, and then maybe in the next life I'll be doing the same thing. But at least I know that the journey is the destination, and that's all I kind of need to know until whatever happens after this. We'll see. But you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like as long as I know that there is that that barometer, that compass that resides in me to kind of direct me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. onto the path of understanding what it means to be a human being. And that's all I really need to know. Like all the other stuff that happens in my life and anything else that comes in, the noise and the drama, it's all just, um, it's all just play things. Like we said before, it's all just drama and just stuff we have to get through. It's almost like obstacles in the game. And that's how we have to better play the game and just keep playing it in different ways. And, but we have to, how you play it is recognizing that you are in the game. You are the game. And from there, you flourish. Essentially, you you become happy, you become peaceful, freedom, whatever word you want to use on it. But it is a sense of peace. It's peace, ultimately. Yeah, that's right. And it's yeah. so individual. It's not like, you know, you can have a group of people <laughs> yeah. and they all see because one sees. No, it's a very individual journey. So we come here alone. We have to work it out alone. Yeah. <laughs> for the love of truth. Yeah, for the love of truth. I like that. That's good. Yeah. And and it's lucky. I think it's lucky if there is that inner calling for the truth. Because for many people, 
maybe not in this life. <laughs> there is no such a calling. Mm-hmm. You just live and like like I was before this magic mushroom trip. I didn't know that it was something else available. I didn't know that you know you can be at peace and this mind is quiet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you are lucky if, if you get that calling from within. Yeah. Starts eating everything that is in the way. <laughs> That's why I believe in the power of plant medicine because not you know negating the effects of oh the colors and whatever or whatever else you get from magic mushrooms and going to a rave and good music or something listening to Pink Floyd neg- <laughs> negating all that the important aspect of it is that it has the ability doesn't always but it has the ability to show us a new light in our life kind of mm-hmm. show us um, open the door to new. Mm-hmm a new possibility of living your entire life and seeing what you really are doesn't really happen a lot. So I'm always interested in people because I've talked to plenty of people that have done mushrooms and, you know, (laughs) most of them, I'll say 90% of them haven't really uh, experienced what I guess you and I have experienced with it and enabled us to kind of feel, Hmm. or at least like, at least from what they tell me, I don't think that they have, but I'm interested in learning how it's affected people like you to kind of, uh, I don't know, turn a new leaf and sh- and shed the layers that you had to shed. Because mm-hmm. if that's possible for people like me and you, then it's possible for a lot more people ar- around the globe. And everybody counts, you know? <laughs> so there's so much power in what these things can do for people. And it's interesting yes. because you say it comes from within. It does, right? Do you think you could have reached that without magic mushrooms or at least kind of reached that realization to know that there is more? I I think that, you know, my theory, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that, you know, whatever needs to happen, happens. And life provides whatever means the necessary. You know, for some maybe magical mushrooms, for another one can be a beautiful sunset and like a song of, of a bird, you know, it doesn't matter what it, what package it comes. Yeah. Yes, if if there is readiness for opening, mm. yeah, seeing life differently, it's readiness for leaving the old behind. Then something happened. Yeah, yeah and I magic mean, mushrooms is a it's a beautiful, beautiful way because it's a it kind of you let in a different consciousness and they start showing you something that this human consciousness wouldn't wouldn't even imagine. Mm. Yeah, I think that's actually really important. I'm glad you said that, how you have to be ready and receptive because if you're not open, then you're not going to receive the message. You're, you know, you mm-hmm. have to be li- almost quite literally or figuratively, I guess, open your heart and have to be re- receptive to whatever that message is because I think the universe throws messages at us, um, but mm-hmm. you're not going to get the message if you're not paying attention. So, mm-hmm. for, yeah, for me personally, when I had my experience, I was open. I guess I was seeking, as you say, to, I was seeking something. There was, I didn't know what I was looking for, but I was looking for something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it showed me mm-hmm. what I was looking for. And it was that sense of uh, connection and divinity to everything. And, uh, yeah, I guess if you're not open to that, even though you might not be knowing what you're open to, 
you're not going to receive it. I think, yeah, that's very important. And, and it's true. Yeah, you don't need magic mushrooms. You don't need uh, any kind of chemical substance, even though it might help. <laughs> Most likely it would help if you're receptive, but you don't need it. Uh mm-hmm. Yeah, the most important part is laying that foundation within yourself, building a very, uh, a foundation of, mm, what is it? It's like, it's just whatever comes in, comes in, like not being shut off to anything, being open to Mm -hmm. any idea, just Mm -hmm. open-mindedness, I guess you could say, Mm -hmm. Mm open-mindedness and thinking for yourself and kind of letting go of the, the outside world's paradigm that it's built for you your entire life. And if you can be open to that, then yeah, you can be open to a life of peace and freedom and liberation. Yeah, that's very true. I'm glad you said that. I've never really, never really had that, uh, that realization of like, yeah, you just, you just have to be receptive to it. It's like a gift in a way. But if you don't, if you don't want the gift, you're not going to get it. That's right. How can you recognize it if you are not Mm. respectful for it? (laughs) <laughs> like you know some people take magic mushrooms for for fun for a party like yeah <laughs> you know all together with many people that that is not going to lead to individual <laughs> realization because you have to have your time with it mm-hmm. like i can tell the first time i took these mushrooms what happened was that i felt that i died yeah so, so people hearing that would be like what i don't want to do that yeah i don't want to feel yeah. like i die yeah, but then when they came back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you always come back. <laughs> the old, old way of seeing life and myself has died. Nothing yeah. else. Mm. Yeah, which is, that's the tough part. But you survive. There's something that survives. Yes, yes. The layers and layers of bullshit have died. <laughs> <laughs> can see that. Yes. So it was just like, God, mm. for me. So what do you do on, we'll say, daily basis or regular basis to stay in that mindset? Like, what do you, what is your practice to stay aligned on the path? Hmm. I don't do anything now. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's great. <laughs> I just live life now. That's it. All these yeah. seeking days are over. What I'm doing now on a regular basis, I help other people to see that in their own experience. Mm, so my, awesome. my work, my work is... Um, meeting people where they are and just showing them where to look so they can look and report what they are seeing so I can ask them different questions, give them different questions so they can keep digging in their own experience Mm. and find that home that is here in the heart. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's a very difficult process I can imagine. Because everybody's different. So you have to mm-hmm. approach everybody with a different kind of, well, yeah, what, do you approach everybody with love and like you just listen to them and like you just kind of show them a sense of like acceptance in a way? Is that kind of like the, like what's the, the basis on how you approach these interactions on somebody that says, Alona, I want peace. I want liberation. I, I, I need it. Uh, what, can, what can you give me? Like what would you say to them? <laughs> <laughs> I would say let's have a session and find out what's in the way of that piece. So and your I session this, is like a back and yeah. forth thing? Uh, well, we meet on Skype, either in person or in groups. Sometimes we're live, but <laughs> now it's not possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
I have this, I work this method out. I call it deep looking. And it's nothing new. It's just, I put different elements that I learned from others into something that is workable. And it may sound a bit weird, but I talk to your mind and to your heart and to whatever structures come to talk in a way that I can show you. It's simple as that. If you just ask your mind, is it at peace right now? And just whatever comes, tell me. Mm. Your mind at peace right now? Oh, you're asking me? Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> I guess it's it was. It's just like, uh, mind, are you at peace right now? Hmm. <laughs> I'm just checking. Is the mind at peace? I would say yes, but what is peace? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> so... Would it like to be at peace? Yes. Yeah. Well, is it ready to be at peace? Yes. Yes. So is it ready now? Yes. Well, here you go. <laughs> Just notice whatever is happening. Mm. I'm Just honoring peace. that mind. Yeah. I like that. It's like you're interrogating the mind <laughs> or negotiating, negotiating. <laughs> <Rather> negotiating. <laughs> yes that's good yeah. so I, I asked the mind as know its true job which is to, to notice to be aware of whatever is happening right now usually the mind thinks it has to do a lot of other works like you know creating imaginary futures and solving imaginary problems which is, takes a lot of work or protecting from you know bad things that can happen it's like a protection system with all the fear and anxiety or you know punishing itself sabotaging itself feeling guilt shame regret mm. jealousy all, all that other side and then you know I, I show the mind that its real job is just to be open just like a formless open space where everything can happen, just allowing everything to happen. And when the mind sees it and experience, it clicks that, yeah, I'd rather have this peace than all this tension. Mm. I'd rather have peace than fighting with what is happening. And it just naturally relaxes. Yes, because that's our yes. natural state. Yes, yes, yes. Hmm. That's great. It seems as though you do the, or at least you guide people down a form of self-inquiry because that's where it really lies, is, is really asking mm -hmm. the, the deep questions to yourself, the important questions to yourself. When I would think, I don't know, I'm not in other people's heads, but a lot of people don't ask those questions that need to be asked to really peel the layers back of what it means to be a human. I know I didn't before this journey and this path that I'm on, kind of just went with the went with the uh you know it's like a cog in the system just kind of just waking up going to sleep waking up going to sleep and it was just like this cycle but once you do get on that self that that path of self-inquiry um it it's a it might not be pretty but it's kind of what we have to do in order to attain that peace that we spoke about before so it seems to me from what you just described your sessions are enabling other people to ask the questions within themselves that they might not ask mm -hmm. themselves. That's great. Precisely. Precisely. 
because yes, we it's it's not about answers; it's about right questions. Mm. And we don't know what are the right questions unless somebody else can point to that. That's awesome. Let me put the light on. It's getting a little bit dark. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Take your time. <laughs> Show me the light. Let it be light. <laughs> I, think, yeah, I, was, I was just going to say that. That's funny. <laughs> we're, we're on the same page. But yeah. The, same okay. wavelength. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cheers to that. What are you drinking? Mm, it's a plum compote. And you? Uh, just green tea. Mm. Not as cool as yours. Like a cold, handmade compote. A plum what? Um, it's like a compote. I don't compote. know if there is... I don't know if if there is such a word. Mm. Well, basically... Is it tea? No. They they collect the plums and they put it in sugar, water, boiling water, and here you go. In winter, you can open the big jar and and drink it. Oh, okay. (laughs) Homemade. That's awesome. (laughs) Wow. Oh, man, where were we? Um, We're talking about your process to self-inquiry. Or at least and the right be, questions and the right questions. Okay, so what other questions? Um, like I don't know if you could give a list of like what other questions would you lead people down? Like what what uh, avenues would you lead the mind down? If this was a session between me and you, uh-huh. okay. Well, there are a few ways we can go. It always depends on what is most important for you. For example, we can look at what is real, what is imaginary. Uh, meaning finding out how the past and the future shows up in experience and what is actuality that is right here right now. And Mm -hmm. I point to this, what they call the mind screen, where the mind shows movies about the past and the future. Like Mm -hmm. we can see these movies with eyes open and with eyes closed. And it's an imagination. So you can see what is actual real, the color, sound, sensations, feelings, face, mouth, thoughts happening now versus to what is happening on the mind screen. Mm -hmm. So this is one important aspect. And I I can give an, uh, an exercise. For example, you know, you can close your eyes and imagine that you are in your kitchen and you look around the kitchen and see where the things are, look in the fridge, and smell, just look through the window if there is any. And then you open your eyes and you go to the kitchen. <laughs> and you see everything vividly real, actual. And you can compare the two experiences, how one is vague and the other one is so rich. Ah, oh, okay. So the mind is creating these images. They seem real, they feel real. You can have all these sensations about them, but they're actually going in the kitchen and seeing all these things mm. is so much richer yes. than, than, you know, um, imagining it. Another very important aspect is language. You have to explore language and see how it actually creates these illusions because the Words, <laughs> word after word, one word at a time, we have all this castle, all these beliefs. And 
how the language works. It says, I am sitting, I am talking, I am breathing. So it seems that there is this something I that is a doer, a manager of all that is happening. It's in every sentence describing an experience. But if I, exp- <laughs> if I describe <laughs> the experience without using that word I, there is sitting, there is breathing, there is smiling, there is talking, it's all happening. Talking is happening, breathing is happening. So you don't need to describe it with I to point to the same experience. Mm. Right? And if you look at the breathing, right? Here goes in, here goes out. But then there comes the I. I am I am breathing. Yeah. I am doing that. Right. Mm-hmm. But it has got nothing to do with the thought I. The thought I is a piece of language that is useful. But it's not what we are. Hmm. Yeah. It's like getting rid of the subject and just saying, using language to describe the, the current mm. moment, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Language Seeing can be that subject is not necessary. Yeah. In describing actual experience. Hmm. I don't think it ever is, right? I mean, do you ever, ever have to say, I am, or I am this, or I do this? Well, I'm talking to you. Well, we use it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a useful concept, but it's a concept. It's not what you are. It's not what yeah. I am. Right? Yes. So the language is very important. Hmm. Also, look how, how many words we can put, how we can try to put this beingness into words, but no words can describe it. No words can even come close. No concept can put life or reality or you know into a, a box a file and say yeah i know what that is <laughs> right yeah so we can say beingness just feeling your own sense of being and we can call it awareness we can call it knowing god mm. or stillness or divine presence, or here now, love, life, aliveness. There are so many words that point to the same, but the language says they are all different. I am different from life. Mm -hmm. I'm different from God. Or here now is just like, what is here now? But they all point to the same. Can all, you can connect all these words to this sense of being, which is underneath all labels. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is people, well, I don't want to say people, we all mistake sometimes the, the symbol for the actual, the, the actual, what the symbol is standing for. And we get lost in the dogma of the symbols. And it's a very hard thing to decondition ourselves to. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, I can say one thing about this, that we can look at the world and everything that is happening and try to figure it out with the mind and put it in the concepts. And that kills the mystery. That kills the magic. <clears throat> hmm. If I say, I know what life is, I know what I am. That kills the magic. Yeah. All I know is concepts about concepts about concepts, words about words about words. But the life is not something that can be put in the words. Mm-hmm. There's the mystery. There's this 
all. Yeah. And wonder. So we can see life with the eyes of wonder, or you can see life through the eyes of concepts. So which one? Which one is more fun? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I choose wonder. Yeah, <laughs> I've been there in the concepts. It's not so fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, concepts are separation. Mm. It's it's a sense of it's just like a sense because connection is true. It's true, like liberation is knowing because when you have a concept, that means there is the subject and then the object, which means I am not the object, I am the subject, there is that separation. But when you dwell in that, the unity consciousness, there is no separation. And that's, that's a beautiful feeling. I would definitely much rather dwell in that as much as I can for the rest of my life. <laughs> mm. it's a beautiful and it's thing. available. It is. It's available for everybody, every single person, which is the great thing. Every single person on earth, that's what we're here to be is in that, reside in that unity consciousness, which is, seems so distant. It doesn't seem like a plausible thing at this point in time. When you, if you turn on the news or go on social media, it just seems like not the direction that we're going in. But I do think we are actually going in that direction. I think like slowly but surely the the tides are changing into that collective universal consciousness that is going to be present on this planet. You can't stop it. It's kind of like opening up Pandora's box now. There's too many people on that wavelength. Um, psychedelics are becoming decriminalized, legalized. A lot more people are exploring themselves at a rate probably, I don't know the statistics, but I know just from having conversations with people like you and going online, people are exploring themselves more than ever. And, and it's a time where we can connect with each other on the, on, even though it's a direct experience inside yourself, it's, it's a direct experience that is relatable in a way. It's something that I can use my symbols and mouth noises and you can use your symbols and mouth noises and we can find some kind of, some kind of connection in there. And that connection, even though like my experience is mine, yours is yours, there's still that that unity that we're both touching upon. We both know exactly what we're talking about. And mm -hmm. we're not alone. There's plenty of other people that are going through that. And I, I also, that's why I started this thing because I want to also enable people to know that they're not alone in this process because it can be a lonely journey. The, uh, the process of, of, you know, spiritual journey, I guess if you want to call it, can be a very mm -hmm. lonely journey because it has to be taken by yourself. There's the, you can't, I mean, I guess you can do it with your friends. I don't really know how that would work. But like, ultimately, it has to be like a direct thing for your own being. And that just seems like very scary and daunting, which is totally understandable. I get it. But to anybody listening, I guess I could just say like, you're not alone. We're not alone in this experience, even though it has to be taken alone. It has to be walked alone. Um. On, on, on the other side is that unity. It's, it's ironic because it's, it, it, in order to come to the realization of all is one and one is all, we first have to work on ourselves in this body and kind of come to that, that um, experience of self-inquiry 
like just literally inside of your own meat suit head. And then from there, you realize like, oh, I am not just this meat suit. I am everything. And if I am everything, that means everyone else is everything. And that means we're all one. So it is a tough process to walk by yourself. It is, it's a, it can be a lonely path. It can be daunting. It can be scary, but Mm -hmm. it's a path and the only path worth walking in my opinion, because there is, there is safety and peace and salvation in that, that unity that we can all come to. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) That's all I got to say about that. Thank you. Oh man. And this oh. liberation unleashed form is the perfect place to do that inquiry because you are not alone right there. You have a guide. Yeah. And will think, walk with you. Do, what would you say is the importance in being able to share our individual experiences of this spiritual path? Is what is the is the value in knowing that we're not alone in this and knowing that we're doing the right thing. Like, what do you think it comes, like, what, it, what do we um, gain, I guess you could say, from knowing and having these conversations and, and diving into these topics with other people? Yes, good question. I, I see that the value is just a new uh, piece of information that it's available, that there are people that have, went through that path and came out on another side mm. and found the joy of living and the wonder. Mm-hmm. So that that message itself is like a, a scratch, you know, <laughs> and it yeah. answers the call from within because within we all know that everything is connected. Like yeah. the, the mind creates all these separateness, but the heart, heart is one. Heart mm. is one. So... That's how we communicate. We communicate through the noise, through the mouth. But the real communication is the heart to heart or the, <laughs> the, the field to field. <laughs> let's say that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, which is one. Yeah. yeah. I see. Yeah. So Time. going within would reach that oneness because inside there is no separateness. Mm-hmm. So what do but you But to go within, you have to go alone. Yeah, and it's a good to. news. It's a good news. No one can do that for you. Yeah. You're not dependent on anyone else. You're on in a calling, you're on an end. Yeah. Ultimately it gives you strength in a way to live this life in more for me at least, gave me more vitality in knowing that there I am I you know, even though I am a, just a human being, I'm also more than that. And it gives me strength to know that I am this spiritual being having this human experience. There is there is so much substance in that for, for me, at least I feel a will to live, even though you have to go through the process of maybe killing your ego uh, uh, on the <laughs> other side of that is the will to just be in this process to, to, to do the best that I can do in this meat suit so that I can facilitate um, other people in their meat suits also coming to that realization. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's just like a sense of uh, of hope in a way, of a sense of just uh, just wanting to live. Because I used to be before I I never really had a sense of purpose, and I think that's something we all lack—a sense of like placement, a sense of knowing that we're we're meant to be here, like a, a sense of 
this is all happening how it's supposed to. This is this is life is perfect how it's supposed to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I gained that through my own self inquiry, like that sense of like, yeah, I am, I I am here. You know, I am uh, just a facet of the divine um, process. I am just an an extension of that, and I have to act accordingly to that. And uh, yeah, I don't think I could really ever let that go. It's a sense of purpose that is really, I don't think I, there's nothing that anyone could ever tell me, show me, do to me that could ever, that I could ever lose hope on. Mm -hmm. There's, it's just like, it's ultimate. It really is. It's just an ultimate feeling of, uh, (laughs) it's just that feeling of, yes, it it is going to be okay. Even when it doesn't seem like it's going to be okay, that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. I think it gave the ultimate, putting it very, very simply, is this, this what we're all talking about in this conversation is it, it made it so I came to the conclusion of it's okay to not feel okay and that mm. our suffering is hap- happening for us so that we can stay aligned on that wavelength and that peace and that journey that we call life. And yeah, that gave me purpose like i feel every day as though i have some sense of purpose for being here but you're not going to get that from the outside world you're not going to get that from anybody else Mm. it's just truly a sense of purpose that we all have the ability to find and i think we Mm. will i really do i am idealistic this is gonna this is within the last few years i see like a whole paradigm shift of people just waking up i know it sounds cliche but we're waking up to the dream of the ego and realizing that you know, like, I'm, they're tired of the bullshit. Like, they're tired of just of not feeling okay. They're tired of thinking that they're not worth being. Just, yeah, just simply not worth being. And it's sad. It really is sad for me to see. But uh, I guess the only thing that I can do is really assure people that there is hope. And I can't tell you. I can't really give it to you in any which way that I decide to formulate my words. But I just want to um, iterate to anyone that's listening and you as well to know that there is always, no matter what, there's always that hope. You just got to keep the faith and to know that this process that we are in is going according to plan, even though it may seem a little messy and it may seem like it's chaos, which it is, but that chaos mm-hmm. is still also a part of the plan. It's a part of the process. And there's nothing that can really ever tell me that it's not. It's just, <clears throat> it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful realization to know. Mm. Yeah. All is as it should be. Yeah. yeah. And everything changes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, all is temporary. Yeah. But that's everything good. changes. That's yeah. fine. I remember when I used to be like suffering, you know, crying for a day or two, like how unhappy I was. I always felt that it was permanent. Like there is no way out or there is yeah. just no future. That's it. Like you're trapped. This is it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's so helpful to, to realize that everything is impermanent. It really is. Like everything changes. Good, bad, easy, right? Happy, unhappy. All these states are in a flux. They always change it. Like mm-hmm. weather. Mm. Yeah. So there is no, there is no fear then that this is terminal. This is the final end. Yeah. And I'm saying that because a lot of people are going through a patch that 
can be called the dark night of the soul, mm-hmm. which may last for, for a long time, for a few months, a year, where there is absolutely no hope, only desperation, and just a very, very dark place. And this is why people feel really lonely and mm-hmm. alone, and that feeling that this will never end. This is very prominent. So in that situation, if you find yourself in that situation, it's very good to, to just Google about the dark night of the soul and read other people's stories and see that they came out of it, that this is not permanent. Mm-hmm. And also know that this is part of the journey. It's a necessary part of the journey where all that is mm-hmm. no longer working has to drop and it's not an easy process. But only going through that can come out into into the light, like you know the butterfly when it goes <laughs> when the worm goes into this, <laughs> you know. Yeah, the metamorphosis. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, it dissolves completely then into the soup, and then a new butterfly forms out of that. Mm. So that the dark night of the soul for the for the caterpillar is like the end of the world, right? Yeah, and it seems like it will never end, but it does end, and then what comes out of that? A beautiful butterfly. Beautiful. Flying free. <laughs> I believe it's perfect symbolism for this life that we live. There is some kind of if if we are subject to this universe of change, then then we of course are part of that change as well. I think there is some kind of metamorphosis of the energy that we embody. And it's metamorphosis and reincarnation within this body. But also after the demise of this body, I believe there is some kind of um, unfathomable metamorphosis of energy that happens after we perish. And that's just a feeling that I have. There's really nothing that I can prove to anybody about that. It's just like some sense of feeling that I have that there is some kind of change at the end of this. And it's it's more so just like of a, of our energy morphing into something greater i guess you could say or possibly lesser i don't think you know i don't think we always upgrade or upgrade or just go to the go to heaven i guess you could say it could be worse or better but it's just it's pretty much the concept of reincarnation there is some kind of change and metamorphosis that happens through throughout our life and also after our lifetimes i think that's what it's all about is the the Mm. change of energy it's a it's a evolution of consciousness in a way Mm. I could say that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. That's just sometimes. Sometimes I believe in it, and sometimes I don't. <laughs> it depends on the day, I guess. Well, we can talk about all this and know that it's all just words about words. Yeah, <laughs> the mystery exactly. can never be put into words, and so yeah, we can talk about it, have fun with it. Yeah. All, all kinds of concepts are fun. Yeah. <laughs> as long as they're not taken seriously, you know, it's not exactly. Weird. That's a huge part of this experience, I think, is don't take yourself so seriously. I think it's it's so important to just be able to be in that flow state no matter what happens. And don't be so rigid in any idea. Like my personal belief is I don't really believe in anything. Is <laughs> <laughs> my I just really kind of I I I weigh other people's experiences and I like to I I like to find out what their beliefs and their journey and their practices, but ultimately it doesn't really mean much to to my own experience. I don't really, I, I'm just, I'm at a point where, yes, I just 
take things in and yeah reincarnation was a cool idea might be true i don't know uh, but i'll just if i might believe in it one day and then another day i might not believe in it but as long as i know that i can just keep that fluidity i think that there's freedom in that hmm. because there's, yeah. it's our mind is is able to latch on to any dogma at any time i know that i'm not um i'm not i'm still susceptible to to fall into like any kind of even if it's like new age spirituality dogma that we have like with crystals mm. or yoga or astrology that's all the same idea as like a organized religion it really is even though it, it means a little more than you know like any kind of cult-like religion that might be out there but <laughs> it's still <laughs> the same it's still the same process in our heads of like attaching yourself to like this is the truth this must mm. be how it is when it's really not it's cool, mm. like you said, to, uh, to have fun and entertain these things and we can go back and forth and we might get some kind of revelation out of it. But ultimately, it's just a direct thing that you kind of goes beyond concept. Yes. So, yeah, I don't really believe in anything other than what's in front of me at the moment. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's what, what is there to believe, you know? Yeah, we are talking. Do we need to believe that? No, <laughs> it's actual. <laughs> yes, I think. I hope. I don't know. <laughs> well, and when you when you ask me about um, what which avenues they go with the people, I want to add now that very important is to ex examine expectations because when we read other people's experiences, we are trying to understand on a mental level. Like this guy said that, that guy said that. It doesn't match, you know, how to understand what's going on. Yeah. So, and and we get all these expectations, how this, you know, awakened life should look like, should feel like, um, you know, expectations like I should never feel any negative emotions anymore or everything is going to be like peaceful and happy and no matter what. And, or I, I will gain some powers and <laughs> read people's minds or, mm -hmm. you know, all kinds of expectations and, and these expectations are one of two things that are mostly in a way of seeing clearly what is what is here yes so yeah yeah so i don't really like to share my story i, I share it very little because I know, you know, people will listen and they think, oh, maybe now I have to take magic mushrooms <laughs> or, or something, you know. No, mm -hmm. it's like it was my path that happened to me. But yes, it's stripping away all these expectations and just looking at what is real, yeah. what is here, you know, without any ideas. Mm -hmm. That what is it. And there the obstacle is fear. Fear mm. of disappearing not existing yeah <laughs> losing losing control that's a good one it's a big one mm -hmm. yeah um not being able to function not, not loving your family anymore all these kind of irrational fears come up because when i say well there is no person running the show ah but what about my life what about my job what about my finances you know i'm in control and but then you look at this fear and you are able to see past it. And that's when clear seeing can happen. Without, yeah. When there is no more fear, no more expectation. Just yeah. like wherever. You know, I want the truth no matter what. Mm -hmm. That's the attitude. Where do you that's think this place. fear, this paradigm of fear came from? 
you know, because we are, we, we live in a world that it quite literally cultivates a foundation of fear in our minds that doesn't allow us to grow because fear says, I'm going to stay in my comfort zone and this is how I'm always going to be. So where along the way did we lose, lose our way? Do you know, mm-hmm. like, like, would you say it was like just because we needed fear at one point and fear kind of enabled us to survive the, the lions and tigers and enabled us to uh, procreate? And now we're kind of, uh, we're kind of at a point where we, it's kind of an obsolete technology in a way. Like fear is, it's still, this is how I see it, I guess. Fear at one point was needed for our being as if like, you know, we are running from some kind of animal or we're whatever, you know, back in the hunter-gatherer times when we needed to actually use fear as a, as a biological, a physiological response to our environment that enabled us to survive and pass on our DNA. Mm -hmm. The thing Mm -hmm. is, is we still have those same mechanisms in our brain and same, Mm -hmm. the same neural pathways and the, you know, the amygdala, the fear center, we still have that. But the thing is, is the stimuli from the outside world is, um, it's different stimuli put upon the same exact mechanisms in our brain. So what might've been a tiger or a lion back in the day is now bills or it might be traffic or fighting with a significant other or whatever you want to put, like some kind of fear is still there, but it's not necessarily fear that we need to survive. So Mm -hmm. do you think in a way that's where it comes from? And we're at a point right now of um, deprogramming ourselves from generations worth of evolution and how we came to be in the position we are now? Well, I would say that fear is an ancient mechanism that we didn't create, and it's working. Mm-hmm. It is a protection. Yes, as an animal, every animal has caution. Yeah. It's natural. And so do humans have caution. But what happened when we identified with an image that that's me so that image needs to be protected uh-huh. so the fear is carving the image well the mind created the image and pretended that it doesn't know that mm-hmm. so the fear is guarding that image from being found out to be fiction mm, i see right so in in an ordinary mind Right, there is this image of me, how I should look like for others, how I should behave, what I see myself like, and how I want others to see me. So this image is being protected by the fear, as if your own life depends on it. Like you, you are being insulted. Yeah. It hurts, right? I need to protect myself from being insulted. What do I do? So that fear is this guard, guard dog. <laughs> Saying, don't go there, don't go there, it's mm. going to hurt. So then we have to sit here and, and you know, wait for life to, to pass us. So we are not being touched by life, you know? Yeah. Mm. So it's uh, retreating into a safe place, which I is see. not really a safety. Yeah. Mm. It's just safe. But, but there is nothing wrong with fear, you know, it's useful. As you say, you know, maybe a, a tiger running after you, you have to 
<laughs> kick in all these mechanisms so you get the strength and stamina to run away. Yes. But what, when you see that the fear is guarding something that is not there, yeah, then it no longer needs to do that. And there is so much energy released. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. we can honor fear. Yeah, we have to honor fear because mm -hmm. we're not going to escape it. I guess it's it's still a part of our mind. We're not going to get rid of our amygdala in our brain. It's something that we have to confront, I guess. Just I think we have to realize that it's not we don't serve fear, it serves us. And then mm. from there we can transmutate that energy into a, a better being, I guess in a way. Like there's there is it's like energy, it's and fear is energy. And if we can take that energy and use it to grow, I think it's powerful. Mm. Um, easier said than done, definitely. Mm. <laughs> but it's there possible. is one one trick. There is one uh, magic trick. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like when you feel a fear, a huge fear, you identify where it is in the system, and you look at that sensation, and you make friends with it. Mm. Like seeing, right, it's here, it's ancient, I didn't create it, I see it, I see it, it's here. And then, like checking, what is it? What is behind it? What is that needs that fear in this place? Because it's doing a service. It's an agreement to guard something. So, mm. what is there that agreed that needs that fear? And just literally, it's not really for the mind, but you look behind it and find out what is there. Mm. And then you find something, and then you look behind it and find out what is there until you see that there is nothing there. There's nothing there. Mm. Absolutely nothing. So does nothing need to be protected? No. no. That's great. You have a very your presence and your energy is very calm. It's like you can you can you just snap me right into a guided meditation. <laughs> <laughs> your voice is very suited for um just ease. Like there's a sense of ease to it. It's great. Hmm. It seems like this whole process is, is, is taking our identification from one aspect of ourselves and transferring it into the true identification of what we really are. It's kind of what it's all about. And it's a beautiful time to be alive to be able to do that. I don't think there's any other time in history that I can think where it's more accessible to... Hmm come to that realization like it's a beautiful time this is why they call it the awakening or the spiritual renaissance it really is even though that sounds corny uh, it's kind of the truth because this is we have so much power we really do to be able to to come to that identification of the one of the the unity consciousness it's it's possible and i fully do believe not only is it possible it's it's the only way like this is this is the paradigm of the future. And you mm. can't stop it. You really can't. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing, Alona. And look what is happening in the world right now. Mm. Like people are forced by life. Stay at home. Be on their own. Examine their own thinking, their own feeling, their own being. Mm. Like there, there is this perfect opportunity to do self-inquiry, even though many maybe not even realizing that this is what is happening. 
Yeah. But like facing yourself, what what are you gonna do? You sitting a month in the house by yourself. You know, yeah. you start noticing things. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's um, from one way, it's all driven. All this process is driven by fear that is being fed through TV and all that. And on the way, another way is a golden opportunity to leave everything that is distraction and to focus on what is what is real, what is needed. Mm, exactly, it's yin and yang. It's the polarity. One aspect, it's very easy to get lost in the world and identify with the happenings of the chaos of the outside world. But then on, on, the, on, the, other, on the other hand, it's also not. It's, it's also we have, this is the greatest opportunity in the history of human civilization to be able to explore yourself. It just mm -hmm. starts with being, like we said, open to the possibility of that. Hmm. Wow. And I think with that, we can probably wrap this thing up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any closing statements? Anything else you'd like to say before we uh, stop the recording? Um, yes, I would like to invite your viewers <laughs> to come on my channel and have a look at a few videos. Um, I try to share something very in the simplest way that would be accessible for anyone. And yeah, that yeah. that's that's the message awesome that yeah <laughs> then you you are not alone and if you Definitely. need help there is me on there is liberation unleashed that is free of charge volunteer guides all over the world different languages helping each other helping other seekers to crash through that gateless gate <laughs> <laughs> and live life in, in freedom and i awesome. wish that for everyone as do I. I'll link everything in the description if anyone's interested. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, Alona, for coming on. This was a amazing conversation. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, keep doing your thing. You're, you're you're one of the good ones in this world. So keep spreading the good vibes. And uh, yeah, let's, let's cre keep creating a better world together. Let's do that all together. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, uh, yeah, thanks again. And I'll be in touch. Have a good day. And peace out. Thank you. Peace out. Bye. <laughs>